0: This is ever so late. I am ever so tired. But I'm going to record this podcast if it's the last thing I do. Beep boop beep beep beep. beep, beep. snazzy peeps um that was really corny but we're gonna go with it hi um welcome back to hello joy it's me in the heater that is currently blowing what feels like cold air which is why i'm wearing four sweaters in my room during this quarantine time oh so much has happened i'm sorry this video is late so much has been going on at home ah. okay hi (laughs) Um, I'm happy you guys are here I it took me a really long time to get today's topic up because I was thinking about so many different things that just felt like they were all coming from different areas but then yesterday which by the time this is published will be the day before yesterday uh, I had a really like, really fruitful conversation with my sister, Abby and, um, honestly, probably one of the best conversations I've had in months, and it was just really cool, but well, we talked a lot about privacy, so that's what we're gonna be talking about today, and, and I'm excited for you to join me on this ride, uh, right now, it is probably 11.43pm on Monday, <laughs> so let the record show that I started the podcast Monday, and I'm still working on consistency. That news, New Year's resolution is um, whew, a struggle for you, girl. But let's get into it. Also, before we get started, quick update. We are going to be, I <laughs> am going to be releasing these episodes on a bi-weekly basis now rather than a weekly one because I think with all that's going on in the world and all that's going on with me and even in like the first season of this, I just realized that bi-weekly is more manageable for my schedule and something that I'm like more able to commit to so that you guys don't get blurts and spurts of episodes and then like a really dark time of nothing. Um, so let's see how this works, uh, pending. If I don't like it this season, we'll change it for the next. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's it. That's the end of the announcement. All right, back into it. Let's get into our daily affirmations. Yeah. Yay! Okay, this bi-weekly Um, affirmation that you can repeat to yourself on the daily uh, is a bit of a bastardization of a quote I like heard in watching a documentary on the playwright Maria Irene Fornes Um, oh gosh she's so dope and that 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 documentary was so cool Uh, the rest I make up If you have the chance to watch it, that's the title. Super, super, ugh, really beautiful to watch, especially if you're a creative person or if you just find that, like, you're blocked a lot in life. The way that she lived her life as a person and as an artist and just as a, like, as a person, um, was just really, truly remarkable. And I think, ugh, it was just like seeing someone really live freely. I might even watch it again, it was that good. Anyway, in the beginning of the film she talks a lot about privacy, and uh, this is a quote that I thought was interesting. She kind of like preludes it by saying, uh, every time I want to be private about something or to hide something, I say, "Uh uh-oh, because I know that privacy, and this is the affirmation, but privacy is the enemy of connection. Which I thought was interesting. I'm going to read it one more time though. Because we'll get into why it's interesting later. Privacy is the enemy of connection. And one more time. Privacy is the enemy of connection. As always, feel free to scroll that back. Listen to it again if you need to write about it if you want to if it's like contradiction contradicting wow that's hard work to say right now um if it's contradicting and kind of ask yourself why it is so uh yeah because i'm curious and also like tell me if you want to but if you don't that's okay yeah just gonna do one today Let's get into that one, two, three, joy. One, two, three, joy. Yes. Um, so starting with my triumphant win, I'm, I'm gonna be real honest with y'all. Um, these last couple of weeks have been very hard for me. Um, COVID has affected me and my my family in unexpected ways. Uh, but I won't get too into that because I don't feel like dwelling on it because we're halfway through. I'm halfway through and I'm proud. <laughs> I'm proud. Um, I think that this time has been really challenging and instead of running away from the challenge. I've faced it head-on for the most part, and I'm- I'm proud of myself for doing that because I think that that's really difficult for me to do, especially when, um, I'm still working through some things in my environment. Um, yeah. Beep! And I think also, what makes the triumphant win the triumphant win for me this week in that way is that i'm finding coping mechanisms and routine within the chaos that is new and that changes and i'm allowing it to be flexible because i think the thing for me is like i know that i need more free flow in my life but i insist on being rigid about things and i'm like baby 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 I can't control how you're going to feel 24 hours from now. And yes, there are the things that like you you need to do in order to feel like a human that no matter how you're feeling, try to do um like eat and <laughs> brush my teeth and shower. But I don't know, even even like a simple routine of of like after I shower cuz my hands have been the eczema that um I had in third grade has come back with the greatest vengeance on my hands. I clean everything with ammonia. Um, and I'm a little bit obsessive about it. Not gonna lie. Because um, I struggle with control. And um, it just makes me feel like I'm protecting myself from something by doing that. Uh, but my hands have been really cracky and... And really gross and really dry so I've my friend recommended that I get cocoa butter for a scar that I got making tea a few weeks back but I've been using it as well to like moisturize my hands and like something that will ground me is just rubbing rubbing the cocoa butter into my hands for 15 minutes um, at the end of the night. I already did that but I'm probably gonna do it again because I feel the crackies again. Um, But yeah, that's a triumphant win. Joy bud, I'd say, ooh you might start hearing a TV show in the background, go with it. (laughs) But my joy bud is... that. I- ooh I actually don't know. Oh! I've been attempting to have a consistent physical practice and the one that I'm on right now is like this journey this 30-day yoga journey called Home where each day you focus on a different thing to like ground you in your breath and bring you back to center um and I still haven't done mine for today <laughs> And it's almost midnight, so I'm probably going to do it after this, even though I know you're not supposed to exercise super late at night before you go to bed. Ugh, I'm going to do it anyway because I want to stay consistent. Uh, but it's been helping me find my breath again. Um, and sometimes I forget how beautiful moving is as a way of working through things. Because a lot of the times, especially with with this and with with COVID-19, and with quarantine, and just the state of the world and our nation. um, It's, there are no words to describe how to process any of this. Um, And so moving is a way where I don't have to be verbal about what's going on. I can just move it through and out of me. And like, really make friends with the uncertainty by letting it flow through me rather than letting it like haunt me. Um, like even tonight, I was making dinner for the for my nieces, and um, <laughs> um and I don't know, I was feeling really jubilant because I was listening to music while cooking, which is sometimes what I do to like get myself through a task, um, when I'm like caretaking, um, but anyway, this song came on and I couldn't stop grooving, um, and not, I don't know, and it sounds silly, but literally just stretching and moving in my kitchen was a way of moving the energy around in my body which helped me feel like I could get through whatever the next task was. Which was comforting, really comforting. Um, and know that I wasn't like moving to strive or to do something faster, but like moving for myself, which I think are two different modes of practice for sure. Which maybe that's a little obvious to say out loud, but I'm saying it anyway. Um... <laughs> graceful fail, I'd say is, is, hmm. 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 You know what? I know what it is. I've been realizing a lot during this time, which I guess I touched on in my last podcast, which was a wild journey. Thank you for going with me on that. Not wild. It was an interesting journey. Thank you for engaging curious, curiously with me. Um, But I've been noticing how easy it is for me to distance myself from others in terms, like, in when there's forms of crisis or things happening, or even when things are fine. I'm very like, okay, I'm gonna go to my room now. Bye. Um, Which part of it's like, okay, I'm an introvert, but there's another part of it where it's just really easy for me to disengage. Um, And then when I do we engage it just feels I don't know like I haven't been supporting the people that I love and want to feel I want them to feel supported and I feel like during a lot of this time God has been pointing out a lot of my inconsistencies um and areas in my personality where I really need to grow like really need to grow um in terms of like where I'm being selfish or where I might be using using a relationship in a way that's not healthy or not giving as much as I'm receiving or not maintaining I think that becomes a lot of it is like what does it mean to maintain the relationships in your life And I was listening to this other podcast, which I want to recommend to y'all. It's called Jesus and Jalaf. I've probably talked about it a little bit. Um, but it's with Yvonne Orji and Lovey. I can't remember Lovey's last name. But she just got married, so (laughs) it'll probably be different. Um, but anyway, they're two Nigerian dope successful entrepreneurs and artists. One's a writer and the other is an actor. She plays Molly on Insecure. And, um... They talked a lot about unlearning busy and how like it's important to recognize that the people who are in your life are more important than your career. Because if you look at it, if you're given the circumstance of, well, what if something happens where I can't, like my job gets taken away from me, which I think hits at a particularly special place because that's kind of what is happening right now is that. Everything that we do to live has been kind of hijacked from us in a way in this time and removed. So it's like well who are you without what you do? Are you pouring enough into the relationships around you for for them to be whole <laughs> and like if you lose if you lose Let me rephrase this. My brain is soupy. You pour into what you value. Um, And so, yes, value like your career and what you do and where you're trying to go and like pushing forward with your future, which is what I was doing before this in my own sometimes saboteur way. Um, But also maintain... And I think I've realized that I've been end-gaming a lot with personal relationships that mean the world to me. Um, and showing in effect that maybe they didn't mean the world to me. Um, or I wasn't acting like it, what I mean. And I've just felt this call to maintain, um, it's the word for sure. Like, the relationships in my life and to not let them go unwatered and to not be present with the people that, like, God, I love, you know? Um. It's time for the main segment of the podcast. As I mentioned before, this week's title is Privacy. What does that mean? What is it? How do you know when you're being private and when you're blocking yourself from your own life and from connection? No, I thought that was going to be a burp, but it wasn't. Let's get into it. The New Oxford American Dictionary defines privacy as the state or condition of being free from being observed or disturbed by other people. The phonetic spelling makes it look like privacy. (laughs) Also, it kind of reminds me of that um, Michael Jackson song on his album Invincible, the 2001 one. Yeah, I need my private sign. So as I mentioned before, I've been kicking it and grooving it with um, Maria Irene Fournez recently. And honestly, I'm excited to do so in a more intimate and deep way by like reading her work and reading her book. But um alas, I haven't gotten there yet. My brain's been swishy. But in watching this documentary, I just... I learned so much. And the big thing, obviously, as we have been talking about, is privacy. Um, and that quote, which I'll go back to, that she says is um, privacy is the enemy of connection. And I think that quote is interesting to think about in this time because a lot of the walls on privacy have been pulled down in this time. Like, even when I go into my Zoom classes, like, my classmates are seeing inside my house. And I mean, I know everybody's everybody's home life is different and stuff. But like I was the type of kid who grew up and like nobody came to my house. <laughs> and I don't really show that to people. I don't really like necessarily FaceTiming people when I am home. Um, So like it's something that's a place where I'm very guarded. But it's a place where I have to kind of release that being home because I'm the type of person where I need to see people and also it feels weird if it's just my voice with my name across the screen in a classroom setting that's just not the way I operate um and I talk with my hands so I like for people to see my hands (laughs) but anyway regardless of how that affects me on a greater level all of us are seeing into each other's lives in a more intimate way somehow with this technology and I think too like there's this sense of collective vulnerability that's happening that kind of makes privacy feel less attainable um and for me personally in a way that feels like a reckoning because I'm learning throughout this time in a greater way that what I perceive to be privacy is in fact isolation or connection deprivation. <laughs> and um, and that, that, I don't know that that's healthy. I don't think it is. <laughs> and I don't know, before I really get into that, just to go into some other ways in which like privacy feels so much less of a thing right now, is that um, even with the way Instagram <laughs> has kind of been laid out. It looks like nobody really cares anymore about the aesthetic of their feed. It's more like I'm just gonna post whatever I wanna post right now which I admire because there's no artifice because there kind of can't be. Um and that's that's honestly Refreshing, because it's like understanding that you really are not alone and you see that visually within others, where I think normally social media is used to hide that reality, so that's that's kind of dope that's really dope in that way, not that this situation is dope, but something that I think is. Is kind of cool to acknowledge in this moment that this is happening and that we're bearing witness to each other in new ways Um yeah I also think what do I think I don't know there was another point but I forgot it so let's just get into the beat of it maybe it wasn't important yeah <laughs> wow I'm so cold in my room yeah. Wow, thank you for being witness with me. (laughs) This moment of chatter, internal chatter in my body from being cold. I'm going to grab a blanket. Okay, as I grab this blanket, let's continue to talk. Oh my lord. Okie dokes. But yeah, something that I think has been interesting in navigating privacy is understanding the difference between between isolation and um and keeping things safe i don't know and even the way i've ooh, and even the way i've thought about kind of like the way that i operate as a person cuz normally i try to make my public self my ideal public self Not, because I know I'm not polished, but I try to be, I try to be my unpolished, refined self, if that makes sense. Um, and this year, like this academic year, I've noticed that it's been incredibly difficult for me to do so. And I'm sure you guys have heard of my exploits in previous episodes, but like, to the point where I'd be in, I'd be in class crying because I feel so intensely about a thing or I feel like I can't like I can't just talk about this intellectually and I've never been the type of person who could do that I don't understand that (laughs) that kind of bothers me I think that passion and intellect are so much more fun when they're in marriage with one another (laughs) anyway um yeah And I was talking to my sister about this on Sunday and something she said to me, which I think is true, is uh, that I've always kind of been the extremist in my family. I feel things very deeply, but my body and my mouth, honestly, have been in a place where I can't cover that up or temper it in the way that I've previously been able to do. Um, And I was telling my sister about these times where (laughs) like the artifice was just, it was just me having a little meltdown. And if you like looked in the little fishbowl, I'm just a little goldfish freaking out, like flipping in the water. (laughs) Um, And so I always kind of thought of that as a weakness, but when I was listening to this When I was watching this documentary and I saw her say this, and I mean, it's panned in her living room and there's stuff everywhere. And I mean, no, I'm not like, I'm not judging what her life was. Like she was coming to the end of her life and was really dealing with some serious, like Alzheimer's. Um, But I'm saying like, I just saw her raw self and she lived that way her entire life i don't i don't know about like her environment that's not really the point but like the way that she was as a person she was like i will not hide because i don't need to anything that i experience can be experienced in connection with other people which i think is a thing that i've always felt guilty about um Because I'm the type of person in class where, yeah, I'll talk about the article, but I'll always connect it back to like my personal life or my experiences or things that I've seen in the world and things like that. Because that's what matters to me is not what I'm learning, but how what I'm learning can be applied to what is happening. Uh, Because I don't believe that information exists in a vacuum. Um, Getting off on a tangent there. But... I just, I realized in watching that clip that even the moment that I'm having now, like where I'm at, when I'm feeling unable to find words, um, even the necessity to start this podcast and just being like, well, I'm just gonna do it, is because by publicizing your experience and not for profit or gain or consumption, but for conversation is valid and doesn't make you a personality because that's the last yeah that's the last thing I want to be <laughs> um but I just want to be real because I feel like what bothers me a lot in my experience and if you've ever been in a classroom setting with me you've seen this but I don't I hate when people when things become this like highly yeah, highly like, intellectual moment. I'm just like, I don't care if that's all that it's for. Like, let's just talk freely. And so I'll, I'll like, engender, engender, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, the verb that I'm looking for, but like, you know, I'll like, try to zhuzh it up. <laughs> to like, just make it feel real. Cause that's what matters. Um, but there's also the other side of it, which is well, privacy is also something that protects you, like in another school of thought, like from thinking Bernay Brown, which you've talked a lot about on here, she's talking about how, yes, it's important to be vulnerable and it's important to be open with others, but like you can't just be raw all the time, that's not safe, and I've experienced elements where. It's been unsafe. And I'm like, well, you have to learn the balance, Bean. Um, But I don't know. I just, in hearing that, it made it click. Because it wasn't in the extreme of where I was like, oh, I will have to share everything with everyone. But it made me feel less apologetic for the moments that I do. And so I'm wondering, like, for you guys, for you folks, what... What are the constraints on the way you view privacy? And do you think that it's something that ends up protecting you in the way that sometimes we seek for it to? Or do you think that, moreover, that it's protecting you, it's actually keeping you from what you desire? Connection. Um, and I guess at this point, really, <laughs> I'll lighten it up a bit. Uh, but I've been, I I don't know, in talking about this with my sister, I started thinking about some experiences where I've done this knowingly and unknowingly, where I've just shut down and cut off. Mercury and cancer. Um, I, so, I would, I remember I was like in Target and I was standing in the checkout, and this this girl, the person who was, like, cashing me out, she, like, struck up conversation with me. And she was super nice about it. And she was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, where do you go to school? And I was like, oh, I go to school for them. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm from the city. And I go to school at, like, this place. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, And then I could tell that she maybe wanted to talk more about it. Well, I guess I didn't. I couldn't tell. Because if I picked up the social cue, I maybe would have done better. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Whenever I feel that a connection with someone could be greater, I normally run, or I build up a wall, and then my form of thinking is, well, if you can get past the wall, then you were meant to be here, or I can really trust you, but if you can't get past the wall, then like, maybe it wasn't meant to be, which is kind of a fucked up mind game to play with people, because... (laughs) Um, a relationship requires reciprocity and there has to be openness on both ends but I have found that like there will be moments where I'll strip down all elements of privacy in a moment and then the next time I see that person I'm like oh my god I can't believe I did that what and then 30 more layers of privacy um, than what I originally started with throughout the day like come up um and that there's different ways of of, like, enforcing that, um, which Brene Brown calls the one that I mostly do. And you've heard me use a lot in this podcast, but blood um, gating. Uh, a form of privacy for me is icing out by pouring out or like blooding out. <laughs> and I don't know. It just got me thinking like what if I just let myself be seen what if you just let yourself be seen because more often than not the walls that we're building to enforce this sense of privacy um, don't end up doing what they set out to do and I don't know I think what becomes important or what I noticed in the documentary for me was um that even if there ever was a disconnect and there most for most of the time there really wasn't she's she was incredibly charismatic (laughs) really good at just meeting with people but she she like knew how to feel the thing and then let it go like there was this one moment where she was walking down the street with the person who's like who's filming her and, um, and talking with her cause they're close friends. Michelle, I think is the, is the filmographer's name. Um, and she comes across some old students, like some old collaborators. And the moment that they share together feels so brief. And even though there's like all this well of emotion from connecting to this person and the history of your relationship with them, um, it was also brief cause it was like, hi, bye. And then it's like, well, What do those transient moments of communication mean? And, like, do we... Do we enforce privacy when we experience those to protect us from those moments of, like, brevity? When we want something deeper? And I think that's maybe a pointed question because I know that for me the answer is yes. Um... it's weird then it becomes that idea of like wanting the idea of something without doing the work to require the thing you seek because like i'd like for me i am not good at small talk it's not really what i do more often than not if you're talking with me the conversation will end up going to a philosophical or abstract place um or more often than not a dark place which is something that i've also gotten down about (laughs) personally um but i'm not a dark person i'm just melancholy a lot because i'm feeling lots of things and i don't think that that's a bad thing i'm learning how to not become a victim of my feelings because they're beautiful and dope God's really helped me create some cool things with them (laughs) and like help me have compassion for people with them um but I don't know I'm rambling I just thought that idea was so interesting and then it just it just just hit me it hit me like it hit me and it quit me and it hit me so I don't know I don't know but something that I know I've been interested in going forward is what if I just don't care that I shared um. And even when I have a hard time keeping up with this and keeping up with y'all, it's it's really in that in that it feels selfish to share. But sharing creates room for connection, and uh, I know I'm a theater person, yeah. me, um, and everything that I do. That's what I want. Um even if it's not personally with me, if it's it's you just listening to me ramble and then there's a question that comes up for you that helps you hopefully tap into something you've been thinking about subconsciously within yourself, then like that makes it worth it, the sharing. And I'm a mess. Like, I'm a mess. And I don't know what I'm doing most of the time, if not all of the time. And I know I have good intentions but I make mistakes, and I fuck up. And um, I miss the mark, I catch the mark sometimes. I have great moments where I'm like doing really well but I don't have to be rigidly mad at myself when others see the imperfect in me. In fact, more often than not, what I've learned and kind of like literally just hearing her say that, that short, brief sentence <laughs> um, is that the fact that like my mouth, like my sense of self, no matter how much I try, won't let me hold on to privacy um, is actually a superpower because it helps me to stay connected and who knows maybe i'm saying the thing the thing that another person is thinking but doesn't feel like they can say and if i step on if i step if i step on my if i step on someone else's toes or like i put my hand in my mouth or like or my face is in my butt or whatever that's that's okay because by speaking it i'm acknowledging that that thought existed in the first place and when it's spoken And when it's seen and when people have to bear witness to it, then you can begin to heal it. You know? At least for me. Maybe not all people need that. But like, I surely benefit from that external accountability um, in terms of where my words go. And I can't know if I was like thinking a silly thing or maybe a not so helpful thing until I let myself have the thought Without censoring, uh, and I don't know. I've been working on this book, and this is the last statement I think I'll have because I've been rambling for a bit. But I hope this has been helpful. This free flow. Um, but I've been doing this book called Artist Way by Julia Cameron. I totally recommend. It's like a twelve week intensive of like uncovering and re recovering your um your creative self and what i <laughs> what i've been learning a lot during this time in my journey to getting unstuck is that a lot of it is just letting go of the idea that i have to know where i'm going or what i want to do like one day i was supposed to be doing homework i think for my for my like classical traditions and fiction and film class and I couldn't for the life of me sit down and do it but I went I put my nieces down and I went into another room and I I, I was listening to Esperanza Spalding ah, oh, so good um and I was listening to her latest album 12 Little Spells and this one song came on that just oh my god, it literally made my body want to move so badly, so I did, and I listened to that song for two hours, and then I was like, I really want to lay on the floor, and just, like, breathe here for a bit, and then I got up, and then I was sitting there, not thinking about writing, which is something I've been trying to get back to, and then this character started, talking to me and that sounds like mishy mush I guess but it it's happened it happened um and I don't know what her name is yet but like wowser wowzers, it was kind of cool to not force myself into something um and to just let my presence with with the moment with the given moment Let me flow into what I know consciously I need to do. But by engaging with the unconscious and eliminating the need to like lock it away and pin it down, made it so that creating felt not magical, but just doable. And instead of overthinking what came, I was just like, okay, I'm going to write this down. This is interesting. Hello. Tell me more. What about this? Oh, well, that's kind of cool. So I don't know. I just want to invite you guys to do that. You folks to do that um, in your time. If you find it helpful. And if you don't, that's cool too. And if you feel like you you don't want to do anything or you, you can't do anything and maybe like depression has gotten worse during this time or anxiety has gotten worse during this time. I feel you Um, but if you have a hard time sharing yourself with others I do want to challenge you to let yourself be seen more often than not when we let ourselves be seen it's also a way of supporting another person too because it just reminds you both in the moment that you're not alone you both have histories and stories that are incredibly important. Um and you're seen exactly where you are. Thanks for listening, guys, today to my little rantsy rants. Um sorry for the late night babble. Hopefully when I come back with you I don't know weeks from now. Um there'll be a bit more flow. But if there isn't I hope you'll go with me on this because perhaps there is meant to be more free structure in this time with this podcast. I'm trying to embrace that in my day-to-day life and in my creative life. And so since this is an extension of my creative life, I'd love to extend it here. Okay. Sending you the biggest virtual hug. You've got this. Stay safe and stay inside. Much love.